0: What can be
1: What has to happen to you? And how long is it going to take all of you to understand that if we all stood up together and said, no, uh uh-uh, get back in your cage, you can't fool us any longer, we know what the law is, we know who you are, we know what you're trying to do, we know that you are in subversion, executing treason, and it's over. And ladies and gentlemen, what would it take to make you understand that if we all did that in concert, it would really be over. And no one would be injured, not even with a tiny scratch. Because they're cowards. They wouldn't even think of attempting to overcome a whole people who stood together. But you see, I know that won't happen. I know human nature, and I have studied history well. Most people are cowards, have always been cowards, will always be cowards, and they will hide and whimper and wail and gnash their teeth and cry, waiting for those of us who are not cowards to do something on their behalf. And we will, as we have always done throughout the history of the world, we will, but let me ask you this. In light of that, why will we? Why have we? And what are you going to do to us when it's all over? Because that always happens too. You see, the vast herd of cowards become shamed and we become the symbol of their disgrace. And then they must get rid of us. I'll tell you why we do it because we have a spiritual motivation that most of you cannot and will not ever understand we do it out of love we do it for our children and your children and all of the future generations of the world which we refer to as our posterity and we really don't give a damn what happens to us. I know that someday I will stand before God, and God will judge me. And all that I hope for in this entire world is that when it happens, you will not have to say anything bad or good, just smile. And if that happens, I will be enthralled throughout eternity. I will have such joy within my soul that you cannot even imagine. Just a little smile, that's all I want. I would like to be able to look down and see that my children are living free without fear, with opportunity to create and make of their lives what they will. Ladies and gentlemen, all I want, or all I have ever wanted you to be, is honest, committed, caring, loving, and understanding that there are those in this world who cannot love themselves much less love you, and therefore will try to hurt you, and me, and our children, and our world, and those people we must oppose and fight. You cannot. Have peace, love, and understanding with those kinds of people, because to do it would mean your destruction.
2: You're listening to the Alchemical Tech Revolution, and I am your host, Wayne McCroy. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, when I bring the sword against a land, and the people of the land choose one of their men and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming against the land, and blows the trumpet to warn the people, then if anyone hears the trumpet, but does not heed the warning, and the sword comes and takes their life, their blood will be on their own head. Since they heard the sound of the trumpet, but did not heed the warning, their blood will be on their own head. If they had heeded the warning, they would have saved themselves. But if the watchman sees the sword coming, and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin, but I will hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Ezekiel 33, verses 1 through 6. Ladies and gentlemen, we've entered a time in this world where there is no more room for cowardice. There's no more room for cowards. We are in a position in this world today where we are about to lose all of the very freedoms and stuff we hold so very dear, okay? We have reached a place in our society where the very foundation of the Western world, the very foundations of our society, all of these things are at risk right now. And uh, the futures of our children depend upon the things that we do now. So now is not a time for cowards. And uh, opening the show today, we had William Cooper... Uh, That was him speaking, and uh, I could not deliver a more poignant speech than he did there. This is about future generations, not just about us. Okay, The things we do today, reacting to the things going on in our society around us, will have impacts upon future generations, upon your children and your grandchildren. If you care about the future of this world and the future of your children... Now's the time to act. We can no longer sit by and be complacent and just be content to sit back and be entertained. This whole Netflix and chill kind of ideology that has run rampant through our society today is the death knell for the Western world. Okay? We can no longer sit idly by and do nothing. They're coming for us and they're coming for our children more importantly than just us. And they're trying to indoctrinate them early on. And all of these things, this medical tyranny we see rising around us right now, all of these things are symptoms of a much larger idea or plan. And many would call it a New World Order. In fact, many have called it a New World Order. And tonight, we're going to look at their operation plan. It's a, a, a little document here called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And this outlines many of the things that we could see going on in our society for the past several decades now. We could see the way that all of this has been rolled out and how all of these systems have been snapped into place and how these people play the long game with a lot of this. Now they're installing the end game pieces that they need in order to set up this total totalitarian uh control system that they they want to have us locked into so uh, we're going to examine this document and this this document's very controversial (coughs) excuse me Uh, i'll read you the introduction that is given with the uh you know public release of this document and it was released by an organization called the lawful path and they could be found at www.lawfulpath.com i don't know if it's still an operational website or not But these were the people that got a hold of this document and decided to go public with it. And uh, we're going to read it, and we're going to read the foreword that they put with it. And then we'll dig into the document. This is an outline for things to come. An outline for things that have been as well. This shows you the operational tactics that have been used against the masses since 1954, folks. And we'll get there. Uh, We're going to read through this, and it's important that you pay attention. Many, Many of you people may have heard of this document or heard portions of it, but it's more relevant today than ever before. And I would urge you to seek out this document and read it cover to cover because it tells you so many things about how these people operate and how they've done the things that they have done and how they have gotten this whole system snapped into place. The way that they have. And the only thing that's changed since the uh, release of this document, or, or the writing of this document, actually, has been that the technology has improved. <coughs> Excuse me. But let's let's get into it, and I'll read you. This is the foreword from it. It says, at the top of the page, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, an Introduction Programming Manual, Operations Research Technical Manual, TW-SW-7905.1. Forward. This manuscript was delivered to our offices by an unknown person. We did not steal the document, nor are we involved with any theft from the United States government, and we did not get the document by way of any dishonest dishonest methods. We feel that we are not endangering the national security by reproducing this document. Quite the contrary, it has been authenticated, and we feel that we are not only within our rights to publish it, but morally bound to do so. Regarding the, the training manual, you may have detected that we had to block out the marginal notes made by the selectee at the CIA training center, but I can assure you that the manual is authentic, and was printed for the purpose of introducing the selectee to the conspiracy. It has been authenticated by four different technical writers for military intelligence, one just recently retired who wants very much to have this manual distributed throughout the world, and one who is still employed as an electronics engineer by the federal government, and has access to the entire series of training manuals. One was stationed in Hawaii and held the highest security clearance in the Naval Intelligence, and another one is now teaching at a university and has been working with the Central Intelligence Agency for a number of years and wants out before the axe falls on the conspirators. We believed that the entire world should know about this plan, so we distributed internationally 100 of these manuscripts to ask individuals at top-level positions their opinions. The consensus opinion was to distribute to as many people as who wanted it to the end that they would not only understand that war had been declared against them, but would be able to properly identify the true enemy of humanity. And it's signed here, Delimer Duverus. <coughs> Let's continue on here. Preface. Conspiracy theories are nothing new to history. Plots to kill Caesar and overthrow Rome abounded, for instance. However, it is seldom that concrete clues to such plots come to light, and are generally known. Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, an introduction programming manual, was uncovered quite by accident on July 7th, 1986, when an employee of Boeing Aircraft Company purchased a surplus IBM copier for scrap parts at a sale and discovered inside details of a plan hatched in the embryonic days of the Cold War which called for the control of the masses through manipulation of industry, people's pastimes, education, and political leanings. It called for a quiet revolution putting brother against brother and diverting the public's attention from what is really going on. The document you are about to read is real. It is reprinted in his version form with diagrams as a touch of reality. And I'm going to pause there, folks. And that's the end of the introduction here. As I said, there was, uh, you know, a lot of controversy about this document. And I guess back in 2003, a gentleman claimed authorship of this document. Um, and, um I can't think of his name off the top of my head. (laughs) Sorry, folks, I thought I could remember it. But, uh, you know, I have so much going on lately, it's hard to keep all the details of everything straight. But this gentleman also wrote uh, several other books exposing government conspiracies. And uh, he actually had worked for uh, the federal government in uh, many of the different alphabet agencies and was in a federal prison at the time that he gave this interview, that he claimed authorship of this book, and this has never been validated as being true or not. He did give some details about it, and he may have actually been the writer of this technical manual. He never uh, claimed that this was a work of fiction either. That's the thing, Uh, and many of the things that are cited in this manual are very legitimate and very real. Like, for instance, the the Harvard Economic Research Study, which it cites later on, we'll see. I've investigated thoroughly and found all of what he says about it in here to be true. So, uh, with that being said, uh, the foundations for this are legitimate foundations, okay? And uh, although he claimed authorship of it, uh, he never discredited the work as being false, that's the thing and uh, he was in federal prison and is very unclear as to what he was in federal prison for but he had alluded to something to the you know uh, some type of allegations against him or something uh, where he was uh, releasing documents from the federal government that shouldn't have gotten out and it's it's kind of uh, one of those things where do do you believe this guy or not like so even though the authorship of it has never been completely proven. Uh, he did claim authorship of it, but that does not discredit the document in any way, shape, or form. In fact, quite the opposite, because he was a technical writer for some of the alphabet agencies. So, uh, if anything, that would kind of uh, prove, in one sense or another, or give give credence to the fact that this is a legitimate manual. Um, I'm trying to think of the gentleman's name. It's it's very hard for me uh, to remember, it's been a long time since I've looked at this in depth, as I have. But uh, anyway, I'm sure I'll think of it at some point. And if I do, I will, uh, you know, get that information out there for people. But regardless of that, this uh, manual has, as the uh, the lawful path here, the gentleman from the lawful path, Delamere Duveris, has claimed here, this has been reviewed by... Uh, military intelligence writers, okay, that, that write these manuals, and it's been validated. So <laughs> there's, there's all of that. But let's get into reading it, because let's get to the meat of the matter. Here's what's going on in the world today. All right, this is very relevant to things going on. And I think people, when they realize just how much we've been lied to and manipulated and uh, how much we've had many things leveraged against us, it, it's, it's very upsetting. It, it shakes people from what their core values are and what their beliefs are. It, it's hard to believe for somebody that uh, their government would do some of these things to them. But uh, they're, they're just getting more uh, transparent with their behaviors now than what they had in the past. They were always very secretive and always very careful in how they uh, put out their public personas. Now, not so much. Now, they just don't seem to care. I think they believe they have such a, a lock on the control of the people that they're just blatantly out there in the open with all this stuff now. So, much of this stuff in years past hadn't had the opportunity to come to the light of day. But now... Now they don't care that it does. And some of these things had leaked out in previous generations and have made their rounds, but didn't really get a lot of notoriety until the invention of the internet. And uh, just within the past 10 or 15 years or so, uh, a lot of these things have gotten out to the public at large, whereas before, uh, these things were very hard to get a hold of. (coughs) Anyway... Let's begin reading directly from the manual now. Top Secret, Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars, Operations Research Technical Manual, TM-SW7905.1. Welcome aboard. This publication marks the 25th anniversary of the Third World War, called The Quiet War, being conducted using subjective biological warfare, fought with silent weapons. This book contains an introductory description of this war, its strategies, and its weaponry. And it's dated May 1979, number 74-1120. Security. It is patently impossible to discuss social engineering or the automation of a society, i.e. the engineering of social automation systems, silent weapons, it says in parentheses there, on a national or worldwide scale without implying extensive objectives of social control and destruction of human life, i.e. slavery and genocide. This manual is in itself an analog declaration of intent. Such a writing must be secured from public scrutiny. Otherwise, it might be recognized as a technically formal declaration of domestic war. Furthermore, Whenever any person or group of persons in a position of great power and without full knowledge and consent of the public uses such knowledge and methodologies for economic conquest, it must be understood that a state of domestic warfare exists between said person or group of persons and the public. The solution of today's problems requires an approach which is ruthlessly candid, with no agonizing over religious, moral, or cultural values. You have qualified for this project because of your ability to look at human society with cold objectivity and yet analyze and discuss your observations and conclusions with others of similar intellectual capacity without the loss of discretion or humility. Such virtues are exercised in your own best interest. Do not deviate from them. And I'm going to pause right there, folks. That was a mouthful already, wasn't it? Uh, This book was written, it's not a book really, it's a manual um, this document, I should say, was written in 1979, commemorating the 25th anniversary of the Quiet War, which started in 1954. And uh, we'll get there, because next section here is called the Historical Introduction. Uh, introducing the candidate here to what's going on. <coughs> Let's read on, shall we? Historical Introduction Silent weapon technology has evolved from operations research, a strategic and tactical methodology developed under the military management in England during World War II. The original purpose of operations research was to study the strategic and tactical problems of air and land defense with the objective of effective use of limited military resources against foreign enemies, i.e. logistics. It was soon recognized by those in positions of power that the same methods might be useful for totally controlling a society, but better tools were necessary. I'm going to pause there, folks. They're talking about a little science here called cybernetics. Okay, how many times have I told you it's all about cybernetics? That's exactly What this is. This is utilizing the science of cybernetics to socially engineer the masses. That's what they're talking about here. And this all stems from the same place. It goes back to operations research in World War II. All right. This is where the birth of cybernetics came from as a discipline. So uh, that's exactly what they're referring to here. Uh, Let's continue reading the document, though. Social engineering. The analysis and automation of a society requires the correlation of great amounts of constantly changing economic information, data, so a high-speed computerized data processing system was necessary, which could race ahead of the society and predict when society would arrive for capitulation. Relay computers were too slow, but the electronic computer invented in 1946 by J. Presper Eckert and John W. Mockley filled the bill. The next breakthrough was the development of the simplex method of linear programming in 1947 by the mathematician George B. Danzig. Then, in 1948, the transistor, invented by J. Bardeen, W. H. Pertain, and W. Shockley, promised great expansion of the computer field by reducing space and power requirements. With these three inventions under their direction, those in positions of power strongly suspected that it was possible for them to control the whole world with the push of a button. Going to pause there, folks. This is the birth of technocracy. Okay? The birth of cybernetics and the birth of technocracy right here outlined in this document. And it's talking about the historical aspect of this. And it lines up with everything uh, that we could look at the time frame of all this coming to being uh, these these different movements the movements of technocracy uh, the the rise of the science of cybernetics it all ties together all in this time frame and when you actually look up uh, these these different inventions and breakthroughs that the author is talking about here they're absolutely 100 true and on target to what he's saying so let's let's continue on with the reading here <clears throat> With these three inventions under their direction, those in positions of power strongly suspected that it was possible for them to control the whole world with the push of a button. We just read that and I just repeated it there um, because I think that's a very important um, concept for people to latch onto here. Okay, that's, that's an important thought here. Immediately, the Rockefeller Foundation got in on the ground floor by making a four-year grant to Harvard College, funding the Harvard Economic Research Project for the study of the structure of the American economy. One year later, in 1949, the United States Air Force joined in. In 1952, the grant period terminated, and a high-level meeting of the elite was held to determine the next phase of social operations research. The Harvard Project, had been very fruitful, as is borne out by the publication of some of its results in 1953, suggesting the feasibility of economic, or social, engineering. Studies in the Structure of the American Economy, copyright 1953, by Wazili Leontiff, International Science Press, Incorporated, White Plains, New York. Engineered in the last half of the decade of the 1940s, the new Quiet War machine stood, so to speak, in sparkling gold-plated hardware on the showroom floor by 1954. With the creation of the Maser in 1954, the promise of unlocking unlimited sources of fusion atomic energy from the heavy hydrogen in seawater and the consequent availability of unlimited social power was a possibility only decades away. The combination was irresistible. The Quiet War was quietly declared by the international elite at a meeting held in 1954. Going to pause there, folks. I'm going to read that sentence again really slow and carefully for you (coughs) to understand what I'm saying. I'm going to repeat it right now. The Quiet War was quietly declared by the International Delete at a meeting held in 1954. And I'm going to pause there, folks. 1954. Do you know what this meeting was? This was the first Bilderberg meeting. The very first Bilderberg meeting. If you've ever heard of the Bilderberg group or the Bilderbergers, That's who this is talking about. And when this came to the light of day in 1986, no one had ever heard of the Bilderberg Group. And when this came to light uh, many years ago on the Internet now, most people had never heard of the Bilderberg Group or they said it was a wacky conspiracy theory. There was no such thing. Now it's an openly admitted and acknowledged group, you see. And they put out their public agenda to the public every year so that people can know that this thing is going on but the proceedings are all done in secret and there's no media or cameras or microphones or anything allowed in the building where these people are the security's ridiculous <coughs> just a little side note there folks Bilderberg this was the birth of Bilderberg we see All of these things coming to fruition all at the same time here, and this document outlines it all. Let's continue reading here. I'm going to read that last sentence again, and then just continue on from there, because this sentence is important. The Quiet War was quietly declared by the international elite at a meeting held in 1954. Although the, new, the silent weapons system was nearly exposed 13 years later, the evolution of the new weapons system has never suffered any major setbacks. This volume marks the 25th anniversary of the beginning of the Quiet War. Already, this domestic war has had many victories on many fronts throughout the world. Political Introduction In 1954, it was well recognized by those in positions of authority that it was only a matter of time, only a few decades, before the general public would be able to grasp and upset the cradle of power, for the very elements of the new silent weapon technology were as accessible for a public utopia as they were for providing a private utopia. The issue of primary concern, that of dominance, revolved around the subject of the energy sciences. Going to pause there, folks, and this is where it gets interesting. This is where they apply cybernetics methodologies uh, to these different systems now, having studied operations research and the logistics involved with that, and uh, combining it with this new computer science and many of these data processing sciences and Economics and all of these different social sciences, they've come up with a way to, uh, how shall we say, quantify these different uh, resources, these different uh, things, this this energy. Uh, so that's what they're talking about, the energy sciences. They use that as a template, and we'll see that as we go through. Let's continue reading. I don't want to babble too long here because there's a ton of pertinent information right in the, the document here, and uh, it, it kind of explains itself. So let's read on. Energy <clears throat> energy is recognized as the key to all activity on Earth. Natural science is the study of the sources and control of natural energy, and social science, theoretically expressed as economics, is the study of the sources and control of social energy. Going to pause there, folks. There's another important thing for you to know. Okay, I'm going to repeat that sentence again and point out the obvious to you. It says here... Natural science is the study of sources and control of natural energy. And social science, theoretically expressed as economics, is the study of the sources and control of social energy. Economics is a form of social engineering, folks. That's what economics is. So when you see all these egghead economists out there uh, running the show in different places, it's not just about money, okay? Okay. People don't understand that and that's something that we've been missing the boat on for so long. An economist, somebody who studies economies and and studies finance and these different things, that's only part of it. When you go to these major Ivy League schools where all these elites wind up going to get their education, they're taught the art of social engineering, especially as it pertains to economics. Okay, so when you're talking economics there's a whole social science aspect to it other than just the financial side that people don't understand and that's where you're missing the boat so that's an important thing to know so when you see that there's an economist involved with some agenda or something like that it's not just about finance folks there's social engineering going on there it's about human psychology as much as it is about finances Uh, so just wanted to get that idea in there but uh, let's continue reading both are, both, both are bookkeeping systems. And it's referring here to natural science and uh, economics. Both are bookkeeping. but I can't talk. <laughs> both are bookkeeping systems. Mathematics. Therefore, mathematics is the primary energy science. And the bookkeeper can be king if the public can be kept ignorant of the methodology of the bookkeeping. And I'm going to pause there. Mathematics is the primary energy science, folks. Why do you think they always try to quantify everything? That's what they're all about, quantifying this and quantifying that. They've turned into the cult of mathematics, especially what they would call our quote-unquote modern science. Okay, It's all about mathematical models. That's why they use math, because if they could quantify and count something, they can better control it. And this is a key to the cybernetics methodologies here. Uh, So they're talking about math, or mathematics as the primary energy science, and we'll see how this uh, plays out here down as we keep reading through the document here. All science is merely a means to an end. The means is knowledge. The end is control. Beyond this remains only one issue. Who will be the beneficiary? In 1954, this was the issue of primary concern. Although the so-called moral issues were raised, in view of the law of natural selection, it was agreed that a nation or world of people who will will not use their intelligence are no better than animals who do not have intelligence. Such people are beasts of burden and stakes on the table by choice and consent. Going to pause there, folks. I'm going to read that paragraph again for you, okay? So you understand... And uh, we'll see as we read this again that they invoke the law of natural selection. So they're basing this on the foundation of Darwinian evolution, which is based in eugenics. Do you understand what's going on here? I'll read that again for you. In 1954... This was the issue of primary concern. Although the so-called moral issues were raised in view of the law of natural selection, it was agreed that a nation or world of people who will not use their intelligence are no better than animals who do not have intelligence. Such people are beasts of burden and stakes on the table by choice and consent. Consequently, in the interest of future world order, peace, and tranquility, it was decided to privately wage a quiet war against the American people with an ultimate objective of permanently shifting the natural and social energy, and it says in parentheses here, wealth, of the undisciplined and irresponsible many into the hands of the self-disciplined, responsible, and worthy few. And I'm going to pause right there, folks. This past year and a half, we have seen the largest largest uh, shift in the distribution of wealth ever okay the wealth of the masses have all scaled up to these uh, very few privately held corporations this is exactly what it's talking about this kind of thing centralizing all the resources into the hands of the what they would call the responsible few okay the self-disciplined responsible few this is how they view themselves they see themselves as having divine right to rule they think they're better than you they think they're smarter than you they think you're irresponsible and apathetic and uh you know childlike okay and that's you know they see you as being little more than cattle and and this is why this is explaining some of the methodology of what's been done what's continuing to be done here um this redistribution of wealth is just a symptom of it, as I said. Just like the uh, the medical tyranny that we're uh, undergoing here in the world today is also a symptom of this. Uh, but we'll we'll get there. Let's continue reading. <clears throat> In order to implement this objective, it was necessary to create, secure, and apply new weapons which, as it turned out, were a class of weapons so subtle and sophisticated in their principle of operation and public appearance as to earn for themselves the name Silent Weapons. In conclusion, the objective of economic research as conducted by the Magnets of Capital banking, it says in parentheses, and the industries of commodities, goods, it says in parentheses, and services, is the establishment of an economy which is totally predictable and manipulatable. In order to achieve a totally predictable economy, the low-class elements of society must be brought under total control, i.e. must be housebroken, trained, and assigned a yoke and long-term social duties from a very early age before they have an opportunity to question the propriety of the matter. In order to achieve such conformity, the lower class family unit must be disintegrated by a process of increasing preoccupation of the parents and the establishment of government-operated daycare centers for the occupationally orphaned children. The quality of education given to the lower class must be of the poorest sort, so that the mote of ignorance isolating the inferior class from the superior class is and remains incomprehensible to the inferior class with such an initial handicap even bright lower class individuals have little if any hope of extricating themselves from their assigned lot in life this form of slavery is essential to maintain some measure of social order peace and tranquility for the ruling upper class gonna pause there folks <coughs> i would say yes definitely as it says in the beginning here uh this uh This manual is in itself an analog declaration of intent, isn't it? It absolutely is. So, this is how they think of you. This is what they want for you. We're going to get a little more in detail here. Because, uh, you know, as we continue through the document, you're going to hear some true things that are unsettling at best for many people. And uh, when you realize... The scope of just how far-reaching all of this stuff is, and how we've been lied to and manipulated for our whole lives, and how far back this goes, and what the intentions are, and how we've been socially engineered to behave in certain ways, and how uh, you know through generations we've been conditioned to accept more and more of these silent weapons within our lives, okay? So let's, let's go ahead and continue, because the next part is Descriptive Introduction of the Silent Weapon. Everything that is expected from an ordinary weapon is expected from a silent weapon by its creators, but only in its own manner of functioning. It shoots situations instead of bullets, propelled by data processing instead of chemical reaction or explosion, it says in parentheses, originating from bits of data instead of grains of gunpowder, from a computer instead of a gun, operated by a computer programmer instead of a marksman, under the orders of a banking magnate instead of a military general it makes no obvious explosive noises causes no obvious physical or mental injuries and does not obviously interfere with anyone's daily social life yet it makes an unmistakable noise causes unmistakable physical and mental damage and unmistakably interferes with the daily social life i.e. unmistakable to a trained observer one who knows what to look for the public cannot comprehend this weapon and therefore cannot believe that they are being attacked and subdued by a weapon gonna pause right there folks i'm gonna read that again because i think people inherently know something's wrong and they don't quite know what it is, and this is it exactly. The public cannot comprehend this weapon, and therefore cannot believe that they are being attacked and subdued by a weapon. I'm going to continue reading now. The public might instinctively feel that something is wrong, but that is because of the technical nature of the silent weapon. They cannot express their feeling in a rational way, or handle the problem with intelligence. Therefore, they do not know how to cry for help, and do not know how to associate with others to defend themselves against it. When a silent weapon is applied gradually, the public adjusts or adapts to its presence and learns to tolerate its encroachment on their lives until the pressure, psychological via economic, it says in parentheses, becomes too great and they crack up. Therefore, the silent weapon is a type of biological warfare. It attacks the vitality, options, and mobility of the individuals of a society by knowing, understanding, manipulating, and attacking their sources of natural and social energy and their physical, mental, and emotional strengths and weaknesses. <clears throat> I'm gonna pause right there. So, do you hear that? A silent weapon. When it's applied gradually, the public will adjust or adapt to its presence and learn to tolerate its encroachment upon their lives. This is the concept of the Overton window being demonstrated right here. Within this document, all of these things are just lining up with what it's saying here. And... uh, I would say that uh, some of these are uncomfortable truths for us to come to terms with, okay? That we have been attacked and manipulated by what could be uh, viewed as a subjective biological weapon, okay? And that they use the science of economics in such a fashion, all right? And that's only a portion of it. Let's let's get to the reading here some more here, all right? And this is getting into a little bit of history, um, which is also authentic history that could be backed up if you you actually look at uh, different sources than this too so let's let's get to this this is the theoretical introduction next give me control over a nation's currency and i care not who makes its laws mayor amschel rothschild 1743 to 1812 Today's silent weapons technology is an outgrowth of a simple idea discovered, succinctly expressed, and effectively applied by the quoted Mr. Mayor Amschel Rothschild. Mr. Rothschild discovered the missing passive component of economic theory known as economic inductance. He, of course, did not think of his discovery in these 20th century terms, and, to be sure, mathematical analysis had to wait for the Second Industrial Revolution, the rise of the theory of mechanics and electronics, and finally, the invention of the electronic computer, before it could be effectively applied to the control of the world economy. General Energy Concepts In the study of energy systems, there always appears three Elementary concepts. These are potential energy, kinetic energy, and energy dissipation. And corresponding to these concepts, there are three idealized, essentially pure physical counterparts called passive components. Number one, in the science of physical mechanics, the phenomenon of potential energy is associated with a physical property called elasticity or stiffness and can be represented by a stretched spring. In electronic science, potential energy is stored in a capacitor instead of a spring. This property is called capacitance instead of elastific- elasticity or stiffness. Number 2. In the science of physical mechanics, the phenomenon of kinetic energy is associated with physical property called inertia or mass and can be represented by a mass or a flywheel in motion. In electronic science, kinetic energy is stored in an inductor, in a magnetic field, instead of a mass. This property is called inductance instead of inertia. Number three. In the science of physical mechanics... The phenomenon of energy dissipation is associated with a physical property called friction or resistance and can be represented by a dashpot or other device which converts energy into heat. In electronic science, dissipation of energy is performed by an element called either a resistor or a conductor, the term resistor being the one generally used to describe a more ideal device, e.g. wire, employed to convey electronic energy efficiently from one location to another. The property of a resistance or conductor, sorry, yes, the property of a resistance or conductor is measured as either resistance or conductance reciprocals. In economics, these three energy concepts are associated with number one, economic capacitance, which would be capital, money, stock, inventory, investments in buildings and durables, etc. Number two, economic conductance, that would be goods, production flow coefficients. And number three, economic inductance, services, the influence of the population of industry on output. All of the mathematical theory developed in the study of one energy system, e.g. mechanics, electronics, etc., can be immediately applied in the study of any other energy system, e.g. economics. And I'm going to pause there, folks. What he's pointing out here is they have this basic framework that uh, they use throughout all cybernetics study. Okay, <clears throat> They look at it as ca- capacitance, conductance, and inductance. Okay, these three principles they could use to control a system and create feedback loops and feedback opportunities. See, and that's what they're talking about here. They're talking about applying it to an economic and social engineering system. All right, let's continue the reading here, though. There's a lot to get through. I don't think we're going to cover this whole thing, but I want to get through at least the first several Parts of this manual here to give you a clearer idea of what's been going on and how here we are sitting 67 years into the third world war called the quiet war and people are unaware that it's going on and all these things we see happening in our society are just a symptom of this quiet war folks Let's continue reading. Mr. Rothschild's energy discovery. What Mr. Rothschild had discovered was the basic principle of power, influence, and control over people as applied to economics. That principle is, when you assume the appearance of power, people soon give it to you. Mr. Rothschild had discovered that currency or deposit loan accounts had the required appearance of power that could be used to induce people, and it says here in parentheses, inductance, with people corresponding to a magnetic field, into surrendering their wealth in exchange for a promise of greater wealth, and it says in parentheses, instead of real compensation. They would put up real collateral in exchange for a loan of promissory notes. Mr. Rothschild found that he could issue more notes than he had backing for, so long as he had someone's stock of gold as a persuader to show his customers. Mr. Rothschild loaned his promissory notes to individuals and to governments. These would create overconfidence. Then he would make money scarce, tighten control of the system, and collect the collateral through the obligation of contracts. The cycle was then repeated. These pressures could be used to ignite a war. Then he would control the availability of currency to determine who would win the war. That government which agreed to give him control of its economic system got his support. Collection of debts was guaranteed by economic aid to the enemy of the debtor. The profit derived from this economic methodology made Mr. Rothschild all the more able to expand his wealth. He found that the public greed would allow currency to be printed by government order beyond the limits, and it says inflation in parentheses, of backing in precious metal or the production of goods and services. (coughs) So let's continue to the next section here. Apparent capital as a paper inductor. In this structure, credit, presented as a pure element called currency, has the appearance of capital, but is in effect negative capital. Hence, it has the appearance of service, but is in fact indebtedness or debt. It is therefore an economic inductance instead of an economic capacitance, and if balanced in no other way, will be balanced by the negation of population. And it says in parentheses, war or genocide. The total goods and services represent real capital, called the gross national product, and currency may be printed up to this level and still represent economic capacitance, but currency printed beyond this level is subtractive, represents the introduction of economic inductance, and constitutes notes of indebtedness. War is therefore the balancing of the system by killing the true creditors, The pub- and it says in parentheses, the public which we have taught to exchange true value for inflated currency, and falling back on whatever is left of the resources of nature and regeneration of those resources. Mr. Rothschild has discovered that currency gave him the power to rearrange the economic structure to his own advantage, to shift economic inductance to those economic positions which would encourage the greatest economic instability and oscillation. The final key to economic control had to wait until there was sufficient data and high-speed computing equipment to keep close watch on the economic oscillations created by price shocking and excess paper energy credits paper inductance or inflation breakthrough now i'm going to pause for a second folks next section is breakthrough and we're going to cover some important points here and we'll see how it is that they they operate these things see did you pick up some of uh, what was being laid down in that previous section here how uh you know Therefore, when they balance the system, it's the killing of the true creditors, uh, which is what balances their system. And that would be, it says in parentheses right there, who's the true creditors? The public, which we have taught to exchange true value for inflated currency. And that's why we have central banks, folks. That's why we carry around in our pockets promissory notes, federal reserve notes. This is not a true dollar. This is not true money, true value. And uh, the printing of massive amounts of this paper currency, this is all inductance, not conductance. So you see, this is negative dollars. Okay, This is indebtedness. It's not wealth. So all this money in the system is indebtedness, not wealth. You see? So when they call in their debtors or the debts, and uh, they want to balance the system... Well, it always involves war or genocide. So do you see what's going on in the world today? Why we have the medical situation we have right now? Hmm? Let's continue reading, though. Breakthrough. The aviation field provided the greatest evolution in economic engineering by way of the mathematical theory of shock testing. In this process, a projectile is fired from an airframe on the ground, and the impulse of the recoil is monitored by by vibration transducers connected to the airframe and wired to chart recorders. By studying the echoes or reflections of the recoil impulse in the airframe, it is possible to discover critical vibrations in the structure of the airframe which either vibrations of the engine or aeolian vibrations of the wings or a combination of the two might reinforce resulting in a resonant self-destruction of the airframe in flight as an aircraft. From the standpoint of engineering, this means that the strengths and weaknesses of the structure of the airframe in terms of vibrational energy can be discovered and manipulated. Application in Economics To use this method of airframe shock testing in economic engineering, the prices of commodities are shocked, and the public consumer reaction is monitored. The resulting echoes of the economic shock are interpreted theoretically by computers, and the psychoeconomic structure of the economy is thus discovered. It is by this process that partial differential and difference matrices are discovered that define the family household and make it possible its ev- evaluation as an economic industry. And it says in parentheses, dissipative consumer structure. Then the response of the household to future shocks can be predicted and manipulated and society becomes a well-regulated animal with its reins under the control of a sophisticated computer-regulated social energy bookkeeping system. And I'm going to pause there, folks. And they're only getting more sophisticated with it and they want to take this beyond just controlling your finances or controlling you through your finances. They'll control your very thoughts, folks. That's their intention. They want to use this cybernetics methodology that they're talking about here to control your very thoughts, your actions, your biology, all of it. Understand? They want you jacked into this system. They want you in the matrix, so to say. All right? So all of this has been ramped up to the next level now now this is talking from the 1979 standpoint when this was written understand how sophisticated this has become since then this is talking in 1979 terms okay they did not have computers anywhere near as sophisticated as they are now all of this stuff was maybe theoretical at best back then they didn't have these technologies so that being the case the things he's talking about here, uh, it's kind of a scary type of manipulation, isn't it? And it's only become way more sophisticated and a whole lot quicker for them to monitor. They can monitor this stuff in real time now, whereas then they had a time lapse. Anyway, let's continue reading. Eventually, every individual element of the structure comes under computer control through a knowledge of personal preferences. Such knowledge guaranteed by Computer Association of Consumer Preferences, and it says in parentheses, universal product code, UPC, zebra-striped pricing codes on packages with identified consumers, and it says in parentheses here, identified via association with the use of a credit card and later a permanent tattooed body number invisible under normal ambient illumination. Going to pause there, folks. What does that sound like to you? Hmm? And this is talking, like I said, this, this was written in 1979, and it's talking about UPC codes. UPC codes in 1979 were not very commonplace yet. All right. Uh... The UPC code was not a commonplace thing at that time. It was only introduced then uh, to try to get this whole system put into place, you see. It was all about uh, controlling and manipulating the economy. And yes, UPC codes make things abundantly easier in our modern society, but it was also used so that they can track purchases, and they could track who is purchasing what, you see. And it talked about credit cards, which were also not, in 1979, quite as a mainstream thing as they are now. So uh, this is talking about things way ahead of its time here. (coughs) Let's continue reading. Next part says summary. Economics is only a social extension of a natural energy system. It also has its three passive components. Because of the distribution of wealth and the lack of communication and lack of data, this field has been the last energy field for which a knowledge of these three passive components has been developed. And I'm going to pause there, folks. They have long since the writing of this manual learned how this all works and are able to actually manipulate it in ways they had never imagined back then. Okay? But keep that in mind as we're reading on. Continuing the reading. Since energy is the key to all activity on the face of the earth, it follows that in order to attain a monopoly of energy, raw materials, goods, and services, and to establish a world system of slave labor, it is necessary to have a first strike capability in the field of economics. In order to maintain our position, it is necessary that we have absolute first knowledge of the science of control over all economic factors and the first experience at engineering the world economy. In order to achieve such sovereignty, we must at least achieve this one end, that the public will not make either the logical or mathematical connection between economics and the other energy sciences, or learn to apply such knowledge. It is only a matter of time before the new breed of private programmer economists will catch on to the far-reaching implications of the work begun at Harvard in 1948." the speed with which they can communicate their warning to the public will largely depend upon how effective we have been at controlling the media, subverting education, and keeping the public distracted with matters of no real importance. Gonna pause right there, folks. I don't know what else I need to say. How long are you people going to put up with this totalitarian uh, dictatorship that we're living in right now? here in america this is like ridiculous it's beyond the pale okay it's so obvious to anyone who has eyes to see who will just take a little bit of time to do a little basic background research into some of these things all right and understand what's going on there's a small core of international elitists that have declared war on the populace of this world okay the public at large they want absolute control over this public and they also would like very much to depopulate this public because you see In too large a numbers, they can't be effectively controlled. And there are people that will actually break out of the mold that they have tried to set up here and think for themselves instead of accepting everything at face value. And they can't have those people running around, not under their employ, because those people are dangerous to them. Okay? Dangerous to them. This show you're listening to right now is dangerous to them understand explaining what they've been doing for the past 67 years to humanity if you really take this in and understand this is really going on folks this is not conspiracy theory bs this is really going on these people are very manipulative. They're very slick. They're, they're masters of human psychology. They know what they're doing. But you know what? There's more of us than there are them. And they've begun a mass awakening in this world by their overreach, by their greed. And there's no power in this world that will stop an idea whose time has come. And that's where we're at. We're at this phase where this great awakening is going to take place regardless of whether they like it or they don't. But they're trying their best to quench it now because they're seeing their grab for power that they had. They see it starting to slip away as people awaken to this. So they're doubling down. And they're trying to intimidate everybody into capitulation. But you know what? They are cowards. At the end of the day, they are cowards and they will back down as long as we stand up in enough numbers and tell them no. We won't tolerate this any longer. So like I said, this is not a time for cowards. So stand up. Be a man. Be a woman. Be a living human being. Stand up. Tell these people no. I am not listening to your nonsense any longer. You have no sovereignty here. Use your human spirit. Arise and be what God put you here and intended for you to be. A human being with a soul and a spirit and a mind and a body. Independent of these clowns and their system that they're setting up. We have our individuality. We have our freedom of choice. We have the gift of free will. We have the divine spark within us. We are children of God. Never forget that. Don't let these clowns try to push you around any longer. They work for us. Understand that? The government, as it was set up here in the United States of America, it was set up to represent, represented for the people by the people. Okay? These people are not representing us any longer. This is illegitimate. The things they're trying to do, this overreach with these vaccine mandates and everything else. It's clear overreach. It's illegitimate government, folks. You don't have to tolerate it. Tell them no. We need to stand up in numbers and tell them no. We're not listening to you anymore. You have no sovereignty here. We know who you are. We know what you're about. We have your plan right here. Your blueprint. Your game plan. We see what you've been up to. We know what you're up to now. It's over. All we have to do is stand up and tell them it's over. We are done. Get out of here. You do not represent the will of the people any longer, and you all need to go. That's what needs to happen, folks. I'm just hoping people in enough numbers will stand up for themselves and their human rights, their God-given rights that no man has the power or the right to take away. Anyway, let's continue with the reading here, because the next section is uh, pretty interesting as well. The Economic Model. Economics, as a social energy science, has a first objective the description of the complex way in which any given unit of resources is used to satisfy some economic want. And it says here in parentheses, the Leontiff matrix. And this refers back to the Harvard economic study uh, that was referenced earlier in the paper here. The first objective, when it is extended to get the most product from the least or limited resources, comprises the uh, That objective of general military and industrial logistics known as operations research, it says, see simplex method of linear programming. The Harvard Economic Resource Project was an extension of World War II operations research. Its purpose was to discover the science of controlling an economy, at first the American economy and then the world economy. It was felt that with sufficient mathematical foundations and data, it would be nearly as easy to predict and control the trend of an economy as to predict and control the trajectory of a projectile. Such has proven to be the case. Moreover, the economy has been transformed into a guided missile on target. The immediate aim of the Harvard project was to discover the economic structure, what forces change that structure, how the behavior of the structure can be predicted, and how it can be manipulated. What was needed was a well-organized knowledge of the mathematical structures and interrelationships of investment, production, distribution, and consumption. To make a short story of it all, it was discovered that an economy obeyed the same laws as electricity, and that all of the mathematical theory and practical and computer know-how developed for the electronic field could be directly applied to the study of economics. This discovery was not openly declared, and its more subtle implications were and are are kept a closely guarded secret. For example... That in an economic model, human life is measured in dollars, and the, that the electric spark generated when opening a switch connected to an active inductor is mathematically analogous to the initiation of war. <coughs> Excuse me. The greatest hurdle which theoretical economists faced was the accurate description of the household as an industry. This is a challenge because consumer purchases are a matter of choice, which in turn is influenced by income, price, and other economic factors. This hurdle was cleared in an indirect and statistically approximate way by an application of shock testing to determine the current characteristics, called current technical coefficients, of a household industry. Finally, because problems in theoretical electronics can be translated very easily into problems of theoretical electronics, and the solution translated back again, it follows that only a book of language translation and concept definition needed to be written for economics. The reminder could be gotten from standard works on mathematics and electronics. This makes the publication of books on advanced economics unnecessary and greatly simplifies project security. Going to pause there, folks. Do you understand what he's telling you here? You could use electronics theory and electronics diagrams and, you know, all of these different models as a model for an economic system. It's cybernetics, folks. I'm telling you. It's the application of control technologies. It's the the same thing. Cybernetics. All right. (coughs) Anyway, let's continue on. It says industrial diagrams. It says an ideal industry is defined as a device which receives value from other industries in several forms and converts them into one specific product for sales and distribution to other industries. It has several inputs and one output. What the public normally thinks of as one industry is really an industrial complex, which where several industries under one roof produce one or more products. And then folks, this section goes through and gives a couple of electronics flow diagrams and flow charts and different things like that and has different algorithms here listed, all right? And these could be applied to economic systems, as they just said here. So this is what this is talking about. And it's talking about inputs and outputs. I told you, cybernetics. Cybernetics is all about inputs and outputs and nodes and all of these different things which are presented here within the next two pages of this. All right. And we'll skip past that stuff because that's just technical gobbledygook that most people don't want to hear about but you get the idea all right it talks about how to do these different things all right let's skip to the next section though three industrial classes industries fall into three categories or classes by type of output class number one capital or resources class number two goods commodities or use dissipative class number three services action of population Class number one, industries exist at three levels. Nature, sources of energy and raw materials. Number two, government, printing of currency equal to the gross national product and extension of currency in excess of gross national product. And number three, banking, loaning of money for interest and extension, It says inflation or counterfeiting, of economic value through the deposit loan accounts. Then it says, class number two, industries exist as producers of tangible or consumer, or it says in parentheses, dissipated products. This sort of activity is usually recognized and labeled by the public as industry. Okay, class number three, industries are those which have service rather than tangible product as their output. These industries are called, number one, households, and number two, governments. Their output is human activity of a mechanical sort, and their basis is population. Next section here. Aggregation. The whole economic system can be represented by a three-industry model if one allows the names of the outputs to be number one, capital, number two, goods, and number three, services. The problem with this representation is that it would not show the influence, say, the textile industry on the ferrous metal industry. This is because both the textile industry and the ferrous metal industry would be contained within a single classification called the goods industry, and by this process of combining or aggregating these two industries under one system block, they would lose their economic individuality. Then it says here, the E-model. A national economy consists of simultaneous flows of production, distribution, consumption, and investment. If all of these elements, including labor and human functions, are assigned a numerical value in like units of measure, measure, say, $1939, then this flow can be further represented by a current flow in an electronic circuit, and its behavior can be predicted and manipulated with useful precision. Going to pause there, folks. 1939 dollars that's how they measure things okay the value of the dollar in 1939 is one of the basic units by which they establish uh, how these systems work okay let's continue reading the three ideal passive energy components of electronics The capacitor, the resistor, and the inductor correspond to the three ideal passive energy components of economics called the pure industries of capital, goods, and services, respectively economics capacity capacitance represents the storage of capital in one form or another economic conductance represents the level of conductance of materials for the production of goods and economic inductance represents the inertia of economic value in motion this is a population phenomenon known as services and then it goes on to consider all of these different factors okay (coughs) okay Of, this economic, of these economic principles. And I, I don't want to go through all of them here because, once again, it gives you uh, some different ideas as to uh, time-flow relationships and self-destructive oscillations. It tells about how they manipulate economies and industries and financial systems in this way. And it's all cybernetics tools that they use here, folks. And it also has diagrams, electronics diagrams, and gives you different... Uh, cybernetic type diagrams here that show flow and inputs and outputs and different things for the next several pages here and it's all algorithms and it shows you the where and how the you know these these how these technical coefficients and stuff work and how they could build these models based upon it so i'm going to skip through a couple sections here it's worth looking at if you you know have the patience to sit and look through this, or, or if you understand electronic flow diagrams and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's definitely worth looking at. But uh, I'm going to skip ahead because a lot of that might be boring for people, all, the, uh, all these factors, you know, influencing the economic status of things. And we're going to skip ahead to this section here called Economic Shock Testing. In recent times, the application of operations research to the study of the public economy has been... Obvious for anyone who understands the principles of shock testing. In the shock testing of an aircraft frame, the recoil impulse of a firing gun mounted on that airframe causes shock waves in that structure, which tell aviation engineers the conditions under which some parts of the airplane, or the whole airplane, or its wings, will start to vibrate or flutter like a guitar string a flute, reed, or a tuning fork, and disintegrate or fall apart in flight. Economic engineers achieve the same result in studying the behavior of the economy and the consumer public by carefully selecting a staple commodity such as beef, coffee, gasoline, or sugar, and then causing a sudden change or shock in its price or availability, thus kicking everybody's budget and buying habits out of shape gonna pause there folks i think they did that with toilet paper recently too didn't they hmm (laughs) anyway not to get too sidetracked back to the reading they then observe the shock waves which result by monitoring the changes in advertising, prices, and sales of that and other commodities. The objective of such studies is to acquire the know how to set the public economy into a predictable state of motion or change, even a controlled self destructive state of motion which will convince the public that certain expert people should take control of the money system and re establish security, rather than liberty and justice, for all. When the subject citizens are rendered unable to control their financial affairs, they, of course, become totally enslaved, a source of cheap labor. Not only the prices of commodities, but also the availability of labor can be used as a means of shock testing. Going to pause there, folks. I'm going to read that again real slow for you. Uh, Take a look at the world today, the economic situation here in America, all the very many jobs that nobody's working at. Not only the prices of commodities, but also the availability of labor can be used as a means of shock testing. Labor strikes deliver excellent test shocks to an economy, especially in the critical service areas of trucking or transportation, communication, public utilities, energy, water, garbage collection, etc. By shock testing... It is found that there is a direct relationship between the availability of money flowing in an economy and the real psychological outlook and response of masses of people dependent upon that availability. For example, there is a measurable quantitative relationship between the price of gasoline and the probability that a person would experience a headache, feel a need to watch a violent movie, smoke a cigarette, or go to a tavern for a mug of beer. Gonna pause there, folks. You hear that? Do you, do you hear all of these things that they know based upon what they do to shock test something? What, what kind of effects do you think this is having right now with the labor situation here in America? Where all of these different uh, uh, goods and services, these, these places, these businesses, uh, they're understaffed to the point where they're, they're not open their normal hours anymore. Uh, you, you can't get the products you once got there. All of this kind of an idea. You see, what kind of an effect does that have psychologically upon the people? All these things are taken into consideration by quote-unquote economists. And that's where people really miss the mark. There's more to economics than just the financial end of things, folks. That's where people miss the boat. It's a social engineering science. That's what economics is. It's based upon cybernetics, and it's a social engineering science, folks. Anyway, back to the reading. It is most interesting that, by observing and measuring the economic models by which the public tries to run from their problems and escape from reality, and by applying the mathematical theory of operations research, it is possible to program computers to predict the most probable combination of created events—and it says in parentheses, shocks— which will bring about a complete control and subjugation of the public through a subversion of the public economy. And it says in parentheses by shaking the plum tree. <coughs> so anyway, then it gives you uh, another table here with symbols on it and uh, discusses different different uh, products and different shock tests patterns and stuff like that and gives you different algorithms here same thing once again it's telling you this is how we do it this is the mathematical formula that we use to determine what the outcome of this is and this goes on for the next several pages and we're going to skip down to uh introduction to economic amplifiers economic amplifiers are the active components of economic engineering the basic basic characteristic of any amplifier mechanical electrical or economic is that it receives an input control signal and delivers energy from an independent energy source to a specified output terminal in a predictable relationship to that input control signal gonna pause there cybernetics folks that's what they're describing The simplest form of an economic amplifier is a device called advertising. If a person is spoken to by a TV advertiser as if he were a 12-year-old, then due to suggestibility, he will, with a certain probability, respond or react to that suggestion with the uncritical response of a 12-year-old and will reach into his economic reservoir and deliver its energy to buy that product on impulse when he passes it in the store an economic amplifier may have several inputs and outputs its response might be instantaneous or delayed its circuit symbol might be a rotary switch if its options are exclusive qualitative go or no go or it may have its parametric input output relationships specified by a matrix with internal energy sources represented and i'm gonna pause there folks speaking once again in cybernetics terms understand cybernetics is used to socially engineer the masses it could be used for many different things and we are taught totally differently in our school system from this theory on how to control systems cybernetics is the science of systems control whole systems control whereas everything we're taught in school is compartmentalized See. They compartmentalize your thoughts. They don't look at the whole system. They look at just little subsystems. Or uh, little parts of each system. And they base specialties on these things. And this is how they come up with ideas. Like compartmentalization. Uh, where they, they separate ideas. All right. Whereas cybernetics operates in a totally separate manner. It, it looks at whole systems principles. And operates on those. So... That's just a little side note here. Let's continue reading. Whatever its form might be, its purpose is to govern the flow of energy from a source to an output sink in direct relationship to an input control signal. For this reason, it is called an active circuit element or component. Economic amplifiers fall into classes called strategies, and in comparison with electronic amplifiers, the specific internal functions of an economic amplifier are called logistical instead of electrical. Therefore, economic amplifiers not only deliver power gain, but also, in effect, are used to cause changes in the economic circuitry. Going to pause there. What he's talking about is it creates a feedback loop, folks. That's exactly what's being described. In the design of an economic amplifier, we must have some idea of at least five functions, which are, number one, the available input signals, number two, the desired output control objectives, number three, the strategic objective, and number four, the available economic power sources, and number five, the logistical options. The process of divine, defining and evaluating these factors and incorporating the economic amplifier into an economic system has been po- popularly called game theory. Gonna pause there, folks. Game theory. It's important. Pick up books on game theory, study game theory. They use it for everything. This is how they. Uh, Really, come up with these different algorithms and these different methodologies for controlling processes. Okay, game theory. Going to continue reading. The design of an economic amplifier begins with a specification of the power level of the output, which can range from personal to national. The second condition is accuracy of response, i.e., how accurately the output action is a function of the input commands high gain combined with strong feedback helps to deliver the required precision most of the error will be in the input data signal personal input data tends to be specified while national input data tends to be statistical all right folks gonna pause there now next it gives you lists of inputs and general sources of information Uh, i guess we could kind of look at some of that because this, this is the early days of how they used this cybernetics uh, methodology to control people and to control the economy and to uh, do data gathering, whereas today data is king. We're in the age of big data. They collect data on everything, okay? This is giving lists of exactly what kinds of data they were collecting back then and what they were doing with it. So let's, let's look at this. It says a short list of inputs. It says questions to be answered. What, where, why, when, how, and who. And it says general sources of information. Now, these were things that they would use to gather data on people back in 1979 when this paper was written. <coughs> Telephone taps. Analysis of garbage. Surveillance, behavior of children in school. Then it says standard of living by food, shelter, clothing, transportation. Social contacts, telephone, itemized record of calls, family, marriage certificates, birth certificates, etc. Friends, associates, etc. Memberships in organizations, political affiliation. Next, the personal paper trail. Personal buying habits, i.e. personal consumer preferences. Checking accounts, credit card purchases, tagged credit card purchases, the credit card purchase of products bearing the UPC, Universal Product Code. Assets, checking accounts, savings accounts, real estate, business, automobiles, etc. Safety deposit at bank, stock market. Liabilities, creditors, enemies, see legal. Loans, government sources, or it says in parentheses, ploys. Welfare, Social Security, USDA, Surplus Food, Doles Grants, Subsidies. And it says, with an asterisk here under that section, Principle of this ploy. The citizen will almost always make the collection of information easy if he can operate on the free sandwich principle of eat now and pay later. That's an important concept, folks, because isn't that not the truth? <coughs> Next, government sources via intimidation. Internal Revenue Service, OSHA. Census, etc. Other government sources, well, before I go any further with that, OSHA, it mentions here, that one's going to be very important here in this next coming time frame because that is the organization that is supposed to be, or the the set of laws that is supposed to be enforcing this business mandate where they're mandating businesses with more than 100 employees. Uh, They have to have them vaccinated, see, and they're going to fine The business, $14,000 per violation of this. Uh, And this is OSHA. So you see how this is a government source via intimidation. And this is not lawful, folks, what they're planning on doing. This is not lawful. This is morally reprehensible as well. And it's not going to stand. Uh, But anyway, let's continue with the reading. Other government sources. Surveillance of U.S. mail. Habit patterns, programming, strengths and weaknesses, activities, sports, hobbies, etc. See legal, fear, anger, etc. Crime record, hospital records, drug sensitivities, reaction to pain, etc. Psychiatric records, fears, angers, disgusts, adaptability, reactions to stimuli, violence, suggestibility or hypnosis, pain, pleasure, love, and sex. And I'm going to pause right there, folks. These were all data sources that were being collected in the 1970s from people unaware that they these were being collected now we know with almost near certainty they're collecting this stuff in real time right now with the advent of cell phones and computers and all these modern contrivances we have back in 1979 when this paper was written this stuff was collected in other more uh, let's say uh not so obvious ways anyway continue reading methods of coping of adaptability behavior consumption of alcohol consumption of drugs entertainment religious factors influencing behavior other methods of escaping from reality payment modus operandi pay on time etc payment of telephone bills energy purchases water purchases repayment of loans house payments automobile payments payments on credit cards political sensitivity, beliefs, contacts, position, strengths, weaknesses, projects, activities, legal inputs, behavior control, excuses for investigation, search, arrest, or employment of force to modify behavior. Isn't that nice of them? And here's ways that they would do that. Court records, police records, NCIC, driving record, reports made to police, insurance information, anti-establishment acquaintances, national input information. All right, this... Give, it, it, this just keeps going there's just so many different things these are lists of inputs and outputs for this uh, this system, the economic system it, it gets a little repetitive after a while uh, but let's read this next section here where it says table of strategies it says do this to get this Okay, so do this, keep the public ignorant to get less public organization Maintain access to control price points for feedback to get this, the required reaction to outputs. Create preoccupation to lower defenses. Attack the family unit, young, to control the education of the young. Give less cash and more data, credits and doles. More self-indulgence and more credits. Attack the privacy of the church. Destroy faith in this sort of government. Social conformity. To create computer programming simplicity. Minimize the tax protest. To to maximum economic data. And let's see. Hold on. I lost my place. Minimum enforcement problems. Stabilize the consent for simplicity of coefficients. Tighten control of variables to make simpler computer input data and greater predictability. Establish boundary conditions for problem simplicity and solutions of differential and difference equations. Proper timing for less data shift and blurring. Maximize control to minimize resistance to control. Collapse of currency to destroy the faith of the American people in each other. And isn't that what's going on today? Collapse of currency. Destroy the faith of the American people in each other. and We're almost done, folks. Just bear with me for a couple more minutes here. And we'll get through some of these more important parts here that are coming up now. Now that we got past most of the boring economic uh, coefficient uh, types, sections and stuff here diversion the primary strategy experience has proven that the simplest method of securing a silent weapon and gaining control of the public is to keep the public undisciplined and ignorant of the basic system principles on the one hand while keeping them confused disorganized and distracted with matters of no real importance on the other hand This is achieved by, first, disengaging their minds, sabotaging their mental activities, providing a low-quality program of public education in mathematics, logic, systems design, and economics, and discouraging technical creativity. Also, by engaging their emotions, increasing their self-indulgence and their indulgence in emotional and physical activities by, first, unrelenting emotional affrontations and attacks, Mental and emotional rape, it says in parentheses here. By way of constant barrage of sex, violence, and wars in the media, especially the TV and the newspapers. And secondly, giving them what they desire in excess. And it says here in quotation marks, junk food for thought. And depriving them of what they really need. Next, also... Rewriting history and law and subjecting the public to the deviant creation, thus being able to shift their thinking from personal needs to highly fabricated outside priorities. Let me read that one again. Rewriting history and law and subjecting the public to the deviant creation, thus being able to shift their thinking from personal needs to highly fabricated outside priorities. (coughs) COVID. Anyway... These preclude their interest in and discovery of the silent weapons of social automation technology. The general rule is that there is a profit in confusion. The more confusion, the more profit. Therefore, the best approach is to create problems and then offer solutions. Going to pause right there, folks. Did you hear that? Create problems and then offer solutions. Hmm. What do you think about that? Haven't we heard that somewhere before? Anyway, let's continue reading. Diversion Summary Media Keep the adult public attention diverted away from the real social issues and captivated by matters of no real importance. Schools Keep the young public ignorant of real mathematics, real economics, real law, and real history. Entertainment Keep the public entertainment below a 6th grade level work keep the public busy 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 with no time to think back on the farm with the other animals gonna pause there folks back on the farm with the other animals that's what they think of you you got that anyway let's continue on consent the primary victory a silent weapon system operates upon data obtained from a docile public by legal, but not always lawful, force. Much information is made available to silent weapons systems programmers through the Internal Revenue Service. See Studies in the Structure of the American Economy for an IRS source list. This information consists of the enforced delivery of well-organized data contained in federal and state tax forms collected, assembled, and submitted by slave labor provided by taxpayers and employers. Furthermore, the number of such forms submitted to the IRS is a useful indicator of public consent, an important factor in strategic decision-making. Other data sources are given in the short list of inputs. Consent coefficients, numerical feedback indicating victory status. Psychological basis, when the government is able to collect tax and see seize private property without just compensation, it is an indication that the public is ripe for surrender and is consenting to enslavement and legal encroachment. A good and easily quantified indicator of harvest time is the number of public citizens who pay income tax despite an obvious lack of reciprocal or honest service from the government. Gonna pause there, folks. Boy, that was a mouthful, wasn't it? consent the primary victory see they base everything upon this idea of consent and this is what i would call metaphysical consent they tell you what they're doing in one way shape or form and if you don't object to it they see that as your consent and that's exactly what goes on with something like this you participate in their system so therefore that's your consent (coughs) whether you were given a choice in the matter or not (laughs) you know what i'm saying but anyway Amplification energy sources. The next step in the process of designing an economic amplifier is discovering the energy sources. The energy sources which support any primitive economic system are, of course, a supply of raw materials and the consent of the people to labor and consequently assume a certain rank, position, level, or class in the social structure, i.e. to provide labor at various levels in the pecking order. Each class, in guaranteeing its own level of income, controls the class immediately below it, hence preserves the class structure. This provides stability and security, but also government from the top. As time goes on and communication and education improve, the lower class elements of the social labor structure become knowledgeable and envious of the good things that the upper class members have. They also begin to attain a knowledge of energy systems and the ability to enforce their rise through the class structure. This threatens the sovereignty of the elite." If this rise of the lower classes can be postponed long enough, the elite can achieve energy dominance, and labor by consent no longer will hold a position of an essential energy source. Going to pause there, folks. What do you think they're doing right now? Why do you think they're implementing these mandates for vaccination? See, they're trying to uh, rein this in. They've gotten to the point where they think labor by consent is, will no longer hold a position as an essential energy source. You see, this has to do with the depopulation agenda as well as everything else. They want to see if the economy will function without all these people in the workforce. And if it can, and if it will, then these people are no longer needed in their view. Okay, you see that? It's all about reduction, population reduction to these these scumbags. Anyway... Let's continue reading until such energy dominance is absolutely established. The consent of people to labor and let others handle their affairs must be taken into consideration since failure to do so could cause the people to interfere in the final transfer of energy sources to the control of the elite. And I'm going to pause there. What was I just telling you? This is exactly what's going on. They see this as the final transfer of all of these sources to the control of the elite. That's what they've been trying to establish for this past year. They're getting ready to depopulate folks. That's what they're doing. They're doing this all in one fell swoop. Let's continue reading. It is essential to recognize that at this time, public consent is still an essential key to the release of energy in the process of economic amplification. Therefore, consent as an energy release mechanism will now be considered. Let's read on. Logistics. The successful application of a strategy requires a careful study of inputs, outputs, the strategy connecting the inputs and the outputs, and the available energy sources to fuel the strategy. This study is called logistics. A logistical problem is studied at the elementary level first, and then levels of greater complexity are studied as a synthesis of elementary factors. This means that a given system is analyzed, i.e. broken down into its subsystems, and these in turn are analyzed until this process, one arrives at the logistical atom, the individual. This is where the process of synthesis properly begins at the time of birth of the individual. Let's continue reading, because now it gets a little bit more interesting, folks, and we'll get to the crux of the matter here now. The Artificial Womb. From the time a person leaves its mother's womb, its every effort is directed towards building, maintaining, and withdrawing into artificial wombs various sorts of substitute protective devices or shells. The objective of these artificial wombs is to provide a stable environment for both stable and unstable activity, to provide a shelter for the evolutionary processes of growth and maturity, i.e. survival, to provide security for freedom, and to provide defensive protection for offensive activity. This is equally true of both the general public and the elite. However, There is a definite difference in the way each of these classes go about the solution of problems. The Political Structure of a Nation Dependency The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human god to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. The public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? This public behavior is surrender born of fear, laziness and expediency it is the basis of the welfare state as a strategic weapon useful against a disgusting public gonna pause there folks do you hear what they think of you do you hear what they think of themselves politicians the human god do you see that and they call you the disgusting public and that's why they create this welfare state and that's why they're giving you handouts you see this you know stimulus checks all of these things you're the disgusting public they'll give you this because this further creates your surrender because it's born of fear laziness and expediency see and that's how they roll that's how they do things um and it once again harkens back to this arrested development ideal okay whereas they want you to think in terms of being a child let the adults handle it. Let somebody else handle it. Let the let the uh, elected officials handle these problems. Okay, that's above my pay grade, you see. That's, that's abdicating your responsibility. Understand? That's abdicating what it is to be an adult human being. All right? Anyway, let's continue reading. We're almost done. Bear with me. We just have like two more pages left, and then we'll call it quits. Action offense. Most people want to be able to subdue and or kill other human beings which disturb their daily lives, but they do not want to have to cope with the moral and religious issues which such an overt act on their part might raise. Therefore, they assign the dirty work to others and it says in parentheses, including their own children, so as to keep the blood off their hands. They rave about the humane treatment of animals and then sit down to a delicious hamburger from a whitewashed slaughterhouse down the street and out of sight. But even more hypocritical, they pay taxes to finance a professional association of hitmen collectively called politicians and then complain about corruption in government. Responsibility Again, most people want to be free to do the things, and it says in parentheses, to explore, etc., but they are afraid to fail. The fear of failure is manifested in irresponsibility, and especially in delegating those personal responsibilities to others, where success is uncertain or carries possible or created liabilities, and it says in parentheses here, law, which the person is not prepared to accept. They want authority, and it says in parentheses, root word, author, but they will not accept responsibility or liability, so they hire politicians to face reality for them. Summary. The people hire the politicians so that the people can, first, obtain security without managing it, second, obtain action without thinking about it. Third, inflict theft, injury, and death upon others without having to contemplate either life or death. Fourth, avoid responsibility for their own intentions. Fifth, obtain the benefits of reality and science without exerting themselves in the discipline of facing or learning either of these things. They give the politicians the power to create and manage a war machine to, first, provide for the survival of the nation-slash-womb, Second, prevent encroachment of anything upon the nation-slash-womb. Third, destroy the enemy who threatens the nation-slash-womb. And fourth, destroy those citizens of their own country who do not conform for the sake of stability of the nation-womb. Did you get your vaccine? I'm going to repeat that one again. Destroy those citizens of their own country who do not conform for the sake of stability of the nation-womb. Do you understand what's going on, folks? Do you get it yet? Are you awake yet? This is not a time for cowards. Anyway, let's finish up this section here. Politicians hold many quasi military jobs, the lowest being the police, which are soldiers, the attorneys and CPAs next, who are spies and saboteurs, and it says in parentheses licensed, and the judges, <coughs> excuse me, who shout orders and run the closed union military shop for whatever the market will bear. The generals are industrialists. The presidential level of Commander-in-Chief is shared by the international bankers. The people know that they have created this farce and financed it with their own taxes, and it says in parentheses, consent, but they would rather knuckle under than be the hypocrite. Thus, a nation becomes divided into two very distinct parts, a docile subnation, and it says in parentheses, the great silent majority, and a political sub-nation. The political subnation remains attached to the docile subnation, tolerates it, and leeches its substance until it grows strong enough to detach itself and then devour its parent. (coughs) System Analysis In order to make meaningful computerized economic decisions about war, the primary economic flywheel, it is necessary to assign concrete logistical values to each element of the war structure personnel and material alike this process begins with a clear and candid description of the subsystems of such a structure and i'm going to pause there folks this next section here (coughs) talks about things that will probably offend many military veterans or, or military servicemen Because they'll come to realize that they're being used and manipulated for something that they really want no part of. Let's continue reading, though. And it says here, the draft as military service. Few efforts of human behavior modification are more remarkable or more effective than that of the socio-military institution known as the draft. A primary purpose of a draft or other such institution is to instill, by intimidation, in the young males of a society the uncritical conviction that the government is omnipotent. He is soon taught that a prayer is slow to reverse what a bullet can do in an instant. Thus, a man trained in a religious environment for eighteen years of his life can, by this instrument of the government, be broken down, be purged of his fantasies and delusions in a matter of mere months. Once that conviction is instilled, all else becomes easy to instill. Even more interesting is the process by which a young man's parents, who purportedly love him, can be induced to send him off to war to his death. Although the scope of this work will not allow this matter to be expanded in full detail, nevertheless, a coarse overview will be possible and can serve to reveal those factors which must be included in some numerical form in a computer analysis of social and war systems. We begin with a tentative definition of the draft. The draft, selective service, etc., is an institution of compulsory collective sacrifice and slavery, devised by the middle-aged and elderly for the purpose of pressing the young into doing the public dirty work. It further serves to make the youth as guilty as the elders, thus making criticism of the elders by the youth less likely. And it says in parentheses, generational stabilizer. It is marketed and sold to the public under the label of patriotic equals national service. Once a candid economic definition of the draft is achieved, that definition is used to outline the boundaries of a structure called a human value system, which in turn is translated into the terms of game theory. The value of such a slave laborer is given in a table of human values, a table broken down into categories by intellect, experience, post-service, job demand, etc., Some of these categories are ordinary and can be tentatively evaluated in terms of the value of certain jobs for which a known fee exists. Some jobs are harder to value because they are unique to the demands of social subversion, for an extreme example the value of a mother's instruction to her daughter, causing that daughter to put certain behavioral demands upon a future husband 10 or 15 years hence." Thus, by suppressing his resistance to a perversion of a government, making it easier for a banking cartel to buy the state of New York in, say, 20 years. Such a problem leans heavily upon the observations and data of wartime espionage and many types of psychological testing. But crude mathematical models, algorithms, etc. can be devised, if not to predict, at least to predetermine these events with maximum certainty. What does not exist by natural cooperation is thus enhanced by calculated compulsion. Human beings are machines, Levers, which may be grasped and turned, and there is little real difference between automating a society and automating a shoe factory. These derived values are variable. It is necessary to use a current table of human values for computer analysis. These values are given in true measure rather than U.S. dollars, since the latter is unstable, being presently inflated beyond the production of national goods and services so as to give the economy a false kinetic energy or paper inductance. The silver value is stable, It is it, it being possible to buy the same amount with a gram of silver today as it could be bought in 1920. Human value measured in silver units changes slightly due to changes in production technology. <clears throat> okay, and then we're going to get to the next section here, and this is the last section, and uh, we're going to call it quits after this. Enforcement. One, factor one, as in every social system approach, stability is achieved only by understanding and accounting for human nature. And it says in parentheses, action-reaction patterns. A failure to do so can be, and usually is, disastrous. As in other human social schemes, one form or another of intimidation or incentive is essential to the success of the draft. Physical principles of action and reaction must be applied to both internal and external subsystems. To secure the draft, individual brainwashing or programming and both the family unit and the peer group must be engaged and brought under control. Factor 2. Father. The man of the household must be housebroken to ensure that Junior will grow up with the right social training and attitudes. The advertising media, etc., are engaged to see to it that Father-to-be is pussy-whipped before or by the time he is married. He is taught that he either conforms to the social notch cut out for him or his sex life will be hobbled and his tender companionship will be zero. He is made to see that women demand security more than logical, principled, or honorable behavior." By the time his son must go to war, father, with jelly for a backbone, will slam a gun into Junior's hand before father will risk the censure of his peers or make a hypocrite of himself by crossing the investment he has in his own personal opinion or self-esteem. Junior will go to war or father will be embarrassed, so Junior will go to war, the true purpose notwithstanding. Factor 3. Mother. The female element of human society is ruled by emotion first and logic second. In the battle between logic and imagination, imagination always wins. Fantasy prevails. Maternal instinct dominates so that the child comes first and the future comes second. A woman with a newborn baby is too starry-eyed to see a wealthy man's cannon fodder or a cheap source of slave labor. A woman must, however, be conditioned to accept the transition to reality when it comes or sooner. As the transition becomes more difficult to manage, the family unit must be carefully disintegrated, and state-controlled public education and state-operated child care centers must become more common and legally enforced so as to begin the detachment of the child from the mother and father at an earlier age. Inoculation of behavioral drugs, and it says in parentheses Ritalin, can speed the transition for the child and it says in parentheses, mandatory. Caution. A woman's impulsive anger can override her fear. An irate woman's power must never be underestimated, and her power over a pussy-whipped husband must likewise never be underestimated. It got women the vote in 1920. Factor number four, junior. The emotional pressure for self-preservation during the time of war and the self-serving attitude of the common herd that have an option to avoid the battlefield... If Junior can be persuaded to go, is all of the pressure finally necessary to propel Johnny off to war? Their quiet blackmailings of him are the threats. No sacrifice, no friends, no glory, no girlfriends. Factor five, sister. And what about Junior's sister? She is given all the good things of life by her father and taught to expect the same from her future husband regardless of the price. Factor six. And going to pause right here, folks. Before we get here to factor six, this sums it all up in a nutshell, what these people think of you and I, okay? This is it when it comes down to it. Factor six, cattle. Those who will not use their brains are no better off than those who have no brains, and so this mindless school of jellyfish, father, mother, son, and daughter, become useful beasts of burden or trainers of the same. This concludes what is available of this document. Those who will not use their brain are no better than animals. That... (laughs) have no brain, so to say. Those who will yet not use their intelligence are no better than those who have no intelligence. No better than an animal. They view us as cattle, folks. They see us as being machines to be manipulated. They think they are so smart. They think they have this mastery of human psychology. And boy, have they utilized it in a grand way these past 67 years. I'm sure there are many other silent weapons they are using against us at this point and probably have been for a long time. But key among those is the collection of data. Data collection methods. Data is king. Let's put it that way. Data is king. And they have these computers and these algorithms now that could make predictions with a 98% certainty. Okay. So they have... A lot of uh, power at their fingertips with many of these silent weapon systems. And the public at large is blissfully unaware that any of this is going on. Uh, But I think it needs to really come to the forefront in the public. Because all the things we see happening today are symptoms of this very thing. The fact that the international elite back in 1954 declared war on the public. And we have ever since been in what they describe in this document as World War III, the quiet war. This has been going on. It's a different kind of war, folks. And this is the kind of thing described in the biblical book of Revelation. There will be wars and rumors of wars, see. It's a different kind of war. It's not what we would think of as conventional warfare. It's the international elite, the small group of elitists who think that they are better than you and I, they've declared war on the public and they are doing everything in their power to control and subjugate the public and eventually, and I think very soon, try to depopulate the public because there's this mass awakening going on and the best thing they could do is to quench the numbers of the public out there to get their best shot at quenching this great awakening. And that being the case, they they can maintain their power and they could achieve their transhumanist goals because that's what this is all about. At the end of the day, they want to become God in no uncertain terms and they intend to do so by trying to merge their consciousness with the machines. And that's why they set up this technocratic control grid. It's a total panopticon control grid that they're trying to set up. All right. And it's all based upon AI and it's all based upon these transhumanist notions. That's what they've been pushing. And it all ties way back into the ancient mystery schools of antiquity. Okay? All of these things have come forward through the secret societies, and it's, it's taken on the form in the modern era of the transhumanist movement. And they really sincerely and firmly believe that they can achieve what they want through the use of these advanced technologies by merging their minds with machines in the Internet of Thoughts, in the Internet of Bodies, You understand all of these different things, how this all relates to this quiet war and these silent weapons that have been being used for the past 67 years on humanity. This very small group, they want to be God. They think they could do it. And uh, they're trying to eliminate anyone who stands in their way. You see. And uh, anyone who's not cool... With being a good little slave and, and going out and capitulating to their ridiculous demands, well, they, they want those people eliminated, don't they? So anyway, but the, the, the good news folks is there's a lot more of us than there are of them, and we need to stand up in these huge numbers and tell them, no, we're not listening to this nonsense anymore." Okay, Joe Biden came on TV and said, "We're growing, I'm growing impatient. With these unvaccinated people. Guess what, Joe? There's about 80 million of us out here who are growing extremely impatient with you. You hear that, zombie boy? We're not happy with you. We're growing impatient with you and your administration, your, your farcical government. You see, your illegitimate government. And you, Fauci, you too. Known and proven liars, liars, traitors against humanity. These people need to be held accountable for their actions here. What Biden's uh, proposing here is totally unconstitutional, totally unethical, immoral, and just beyond the pale. This guy is like literally doing Hitler type stuff, Nazi stuff literal Nazi actions he's taking, and yet the left just sits out there and seems dazed and confused and oblivious to all of it as they go out and line up to get their third injection of this shot as people are dying in massive numbers from these vaccines, and they cover it up and refuse to investigate it or make it public. Or they manipulate the data to make it look like it's the other way around. They claim it's this, uh, you know, uh, pandemic of the unvaccinated. It's no such thing, folks. They're lying. We know they're lying. They know that we know they're lying. But they're playing the game, see, because it's all about game theory. They think if they could manipulate the numbers and get enough people to capitulate, then, you know it'll be okay. They won't have a problem on their hands. Oh, they got a big problem on their hands because believe it or not, folks, although they do everything in their power to use the media and social media tools and everything else to try to make us believe that we're in the minority, we're not. We're in the vast majority. Anybody you talk to, whether you're pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, whatever you are, nobody I've talked to is cool with, uh, government being able to tell you what you can and cannot do with your own body okay and it's just a it's it's ridiculous to think that people would be cool with this and they put out polls today on cnn saying that over 50 percent are good with this idea now yeah right sorry i don't think so i don't believe you you known and proven liars and scumbags cnn known and proven liars Scumbags. The media, it's a propaganda wing of this irrational, illegitimate government. That's all it is. Turn off the TV, folks. Any of you business owners out there, do not, do not cooperate with this mandate. Tell them, no, we're not doing it. If they issue you a fine, don't pay it. If they try to make more of it, you know, a problem for you with that, threaten to stop paying taxes to them it's as simple as that game over game over we need to stand up in large numbers and tell these people screw you we're not listening to this this is unconstitutional it's irrational it's immoral it's unethical and it will not stand and you're on the wrong side of history and you need to step down now pal Enough is enough. When are you people going to stand up and say no? That's my message tonight. Time to stand up and say no. No more time for cowards. Don't be a coward. Stand up. Stand up for what's right. Now's the time. Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Have a good night now.
1: Life is a continuous confrontation with forks in the road. One is good, one is bad. And you could always wander completely off the road altogether and become lost. Totally and completely lost. If you take the wrong fork at one of these junctions, there is always the opportunity at the next fork to get back on track. But it is a constant battle within ourselves. You see, I have studied this concept for many, many years. And I have to tell you that if there is a real devil, like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. I'm not telling you that there's no such thing as Satan or Lucifer. I'm telling you this. If there really is a devil, that devil exists in the hearts and minds of men, and nowhere else. Nowhere else! For if you take man out of the equation, evil ceases to exist, and there is left only the laws of the universe and the balance of nature. Put man in the equation, and before long, evil will rear its ugly head, and present itself to the world the evil is within man and that is why it was called the fall the devil never made anyone do it if you do it you did it yourself because you fell into temptation For until man once again confronts the real nature of his own condition and of the world around him and accepts full responsibility for his actions without blaming anyone else or any devil, until then we will always be a puppet on the end of someone else's string. And ladies and gentlemen, when that someone pulls that string, we will dance.